1: So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Had get 30 30 you get
2: 30, but get 20 20 20 to get 20 20 to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. Sold.
1: Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch.
3: $45 up front for 3 months plus
0: taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Reach out with your feelings. Let go.
4: Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me, as almost always, is a special guest. That special guest is named Small Sip of Whiskey. Here is what our guest sounds like. (laughs) Our guest was... A little louder uh, than I meant him to be today. That just happens sometimes. Anyway, let's get into this. Today I'm tackling one exciting, intriguing Star Wars grievance. The grievance comes from Jamie, Twitter handle at underscore JB88. Jamie says, how did R2-D2 get back to the rebel base after Kylo destroyed Luke's academy? Did Luke Drop him off and not speak to anyone? Did he fly like in Attack of the Clones? I need some Star Wars counseling on this. And may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you as well, Jamie. This is a very fun question, which I don't think has a canon answer to my knowledge. So we get to make the hyperspace jump to one of my favorite places inside our very minds. Join me on another journey to that great planet of headcanon. Ed Cannon Andia. That's what I'm calling it. Anyway, I've thought about this a lot from the practical perspective of R2's physical journey, and, more importantly to me, the emotional journey of both R2 and his old friend, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. So I'm going to walk through my take in chronological order, noting the stuff that we do actually know from canon, the stuff we might actually be able to infer from canon, and the stuff that is, at this moment, pure, wild conjecture and imagination on my part and yours. So, to begin, we know that at some point, Six years prior to the events of The Force Awakens, Luke confronted his student and nephew, Ben Solo, and we also know it did not go well. There were hurt feelings on both sides, to say the least, and Ben Solo destroyed Luke's Jedi Temple. Ben then took some students with him and slaughtered the rest. Again, hurt feelings, to say the least. Now, we know it was within six years of The Force Awakens because of the novel Bloodline by Claudia Gray. In that novel, Ben is off training with Luke. It is announced to the whole galaxy that Darth Vader was the father of Luke and Leia and therefore the grandfather of Ben Solo, a fact that Leia wanted to share with her son when the time was right. It is such a great detail that Ben would feel lied to, betrayed, and not trusted by his parents and his uncle that he has to find this out at the same time the whole galaxy does instead of being told personally by any of his parental figures. This is another piece of emotional kindling on the growing bonfire of darkness in young Ben Solo's heart. All the better for Snoke to somehow stoke the flames and turn Ben Solo's heart. Anyway... I have many questions in all of this, but the most important one right now is, where was R2-D2 during all of this? During the actual destruction of the temple, what was everyone's favorite astromech droid up to? We know that Luke was knocked out by Ben and presumed dead. We see his mechanical hand burst from the wreckage, and we see Luke staring in horror at the devastation next to his old friend R2, even resting A mechanical hand for comfort, for support, for strength on R2-D2. So, where was R2? Was he off on another mission? Uh, Was he hiding? Was he in not full low-power mode, but maybe half-power mode? Was he taking a little astromech nap? Did he try to stop Ben Solo? Was he actively involved in the fight? Did R2 see the signs of danger in Ben Solo? After all, R2 was... Terrifyingly close to Anakin, is he did horrible things on his way to becoming Vader. Maybe Artu recognized something, something in the way his beloved organics were behaving that wasn't quite right. Did Artu, like so many characters in Star Wars before him, have a bad feeling about this? What if Artu didn't like Ben? Luke says he knew the darkness was growing in Ben. Maybe that was one of the signs. If R2-D2 doesn't trust a Skywalker, that's a bad sign. Anyway, wild but fun conjecture on my part about where R2 was, what he was doing, what he was feeling. Again, I think eventually we will know these answers. When the Force wills it, and by the Force I mean Lucasfilm, I think we will hear more of this story and we'll discover exactly what R2 was up to. Maybe he was just recording everything so the galaxy would know what happened here. That's always a good thing for R2 to do. Great little side moment in Queen's Shadow where Padme notices that whenever R2 doesn't have an official assignment, he's just lurking around recording stuff, which will come in helpful later. We could even imagine that R2 rescued Luke. We certainly see Luke's hand burst forth, but maybe that's because R2 was beeping and wailing at him. Is that why Luke woke up when he did? Did R2 just ignore everything else and track down his master, his friend, Luke Skywalker? What if R2 did get his rocket legs fixed, but then in the attack on the temple, they were damaged again? Rocket legs. They're more trouble than they're worth, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, to get back to the main point, here's my take on what happens next. And this is my central answer to Jamie's question and grievance. I think R2 and Luke leave whatever planet the temple is on, and I think they regroup with Han and Leia. Now, depending on where in those six years this all falls, Han and Leia could still be living on Hosnian Prime, which was at the time the seat of the New Republic, or Leia had already started building the resistance... So she begins that process at the end of of Bloodline, so it's possible she's already on Dakar or another Resistance base we don't know about. Regardless, wherever they are, I like to think that Luke and R2 rejoin Han, Leia, Threepio. I partially think that just because R2 gets back with Leia somehow, to Jamie's question, and I also feel like Luke would want to tell Leia and Han what happened. Even though he was in just horrible emotional distress, I think he would want to see them and tell them what happened. More than anything though, I feel like they all did meet up because of Han's lines about Luke in The Force Awakens. Han says, describing what happened to Luke in his new generation of Jedi, he says, one boy, an apprentice, turned against him, destroyed it all. Luke felt responsible. He just walked away from everything. So right there you have some things that Han feels he knows about Luke. He knows that Luke feels responsible. Now, obviously, Han could intuit that. He could imagine that. But just the suggestion that, yes, Luke felt responsible. From such a concrete, down-to-earth type of character like Han, it feels like that's something that Luke told Han. And if Luke did return... I think it makes perfect sense that he would bring R2 with him. Again, we don't know when exactly this happened, but we know that at some point in here, Luke, Han, and Leia were all aware of Snoke as well. We know from Luke that Snoke had some kind of contact with Ben from the line Snoke had already uh, turned his heart. So they seem to recognize Snoke as a dark side threat. Now, Luke could have just sensed him through the force. But then we have this sort of more practical version of Snoke as the leader of this new organization, this new government structure, the First Order. And the First Order was recognized as an organization by the New Republic. So perhaps Snoke is the twisted, gnarled face of it. Perhaps there are great scenes where the First Order is coming back from the unknown regions into the known galaxy and saying, hey, we're just going to settle in this area Don't worry about us. We're just doing our thing. And if you have any diplomatic requests or anything, here, talk to me, Snoke. Look at my awesome bathrobe. How could I be an evil threat? I have a beautiful golden bathrobe. The point is, there seems to be some kind of shared knowledge between Luke, Han, and Leia about the existence and the threat of Snoke. That seems like something that would also suggest that they perhaps did meet up again after Ben Solo destroyed the Jedi Temple. And we can also assume that if they did meet up, this was a heavy, heartbreaking conversation. Leia was already concerned about the rise of the First Order and the danger to the New Republic. Luke and his Jedi would have been one of the first lines of defense in theory. But now Snoke, the First Order, and the dark side had their first major victory, corrupting the son of Solo and Argana the heir to the Skywalker legend, successfully rupturing our heroes and sending them on their separate ways. Luke is distraught. He feels responsible. Han, we can imagine from some of his lines in The Force Awakens, feels helpless. Han seems to believe his son just had too much Vader in him, and if Luke couldn't get through to Ben, how could Han possibly do it? Leia, of course, is ever resilient, despite her own deep personal trauma about what has happened to her son, she probably asked Luke to continue the fight, to reach out to Ben, to not give up hope. So much happening in this conversation if it did occur. And I can't wait to someday hear or see or read more about this potential heartbreaking conversation. Now, in my theory, R2 is back at whatever planet the gang is on at this time. R2 is meeting up with his old friend C-3PO. Perhaps R2 is strategizing, figuring out how to stay in the fight and serve the Resistance because R2 is plucky and indomitable. And I believe it's at this point, after this heartrending conversation about the loss of Ben Solo, after Leia encourages Luke to stay in the fight, and after R2 is reunited with 3PO and Leia in the burgeoning resistance, I think it is now that Luke disappears. I don't believe he tells anybody that he's going because Han uses the word disappear. He says, ever since Luke disappeared, people have been looking for him. Now, this suggests to me that by the time of The Force Awakens, it's been at least a year or maybe two since Luke's disappearance. Again... I'm going crazy in the land of conjecture and headcanon here, but just the phrasing, ever since, people have been looking for him. That makes it sound like it wasn't two weeks ago, but rather a year or two ago. So Han continues to describe what people believe happened to Luke, and the language goes a long way to really mythologizing Luke. Han says, a lot of rumors, stories, people that knew him best think he went looking for the first Jedi temple. So, a couple of thoughts about the Luke and R2 relationship in timeline based on those words of dialogue from Han Solo. I don't think Luke told R2 he was leaving. I think that was probably an emotional blow to R2. And the reason I think Luke wouldn't tell him, the reason Luke would just disappear after they both returned from the destruction of the Jedi Temple is, I don't think Luke wanted R2 around I think Luke wanted to be alone. He wanted to find that first Jedi temple so he could consider whether he himself or the Jedi in general did more to help the galaxy or hurt it. I think Luke did not take R2 with him for one very good reason. R2 would try to talk Luke into continuing the fight, into taking action. After all, that is exactly what R2 does when he sees Luke again in The Last Jedi. He tries to convince Luke that he owes it to his sister Leia, that he owes it to the galaxy to keep fighting, if for no other reason than to be the spark of hope that the galaxy needs. And Luke, in his traumatized state, when he left, I believe did not want the plucky pick-me-up speeches of the indefatigable R2-D2. He wanted to be alone. He wanted to reflect. He did not want to constantly have to tell R2 no I'm not coming back. Now another interesting thing to pick out of Han's speech is the phrase people who know him best. Now who knows Luke best? It's possible Han is talking about people like Lor Santeca and other members of the Church of Force. He could be talking about characters that we have not had the privilege to meet yet. Certainly Han and Leia knew Luke best. Maybe Leia had some inkling of where Luke would try to go. Han probably didn't really understand like what the first Jedi temple. It's, I get it; there are temples, and that's what you you go looking for the Force things. Cool. I don't think Han would really have that sense of Luke, and I think Han probably had other things to think about. But definitely, definitely, to me, Artoo is one of the people who knew Luke best. It's possible that Artoo is the one who is beeping and blooping up a storm, saying he's probably off looking for the first Jedi temple. Idiots. Because we know, well, we kind of know, from the Legends of Luke Skywalker book that R2 traveled with Luke as he researched the Force. Now, all of the stories in that book are just that. They are stories. They're rumors and whispers of Luke's adventures researching the Force. They're all from a certain point of view. They are legends. We can believe them or not as much as we want to within our own interpretation of Star Wars.
2: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
3: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
4: It's canon. But even if we can't trust every detail from that book, I think we can trust the big picture idea that Luke spent many years traveling around with R2, researching the mysteries of the Force and the Jedi. So R2 could very well know that the first Jedi temple, one of the most remote and hidden places in the galaxy, is where Luke would try to retreat to. So at this point, I think Luke has disappeared into the night. R2 is with Leia, Threepio, and the Resistance. Perhaps R2 has beeped and booped to Leia. Look, if you want to find Luke... You need to find that first Jedi temple. Go looking for it. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Regardless, I think when Luke leaves, it's at this point that R2 makes his choice. Maybe he shares that insight on where Luke is going. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he tries to keep up the fight for himself. Or maybe R2 realizes he just needs a break. He needs to go into low power mode for practical and emotional reasons. Now, we know that R2 does go into low-power mode because 3PO tells us in The Force Awakens that that's how R2 responds to Luke leaving. But exactly why R2 goes into low-power mode is still up for some amount of uh, debate and discussion. Is it just because R2 has had enough? After decades of serving Skywalkers, Organas, and Solos, he just needs a rest? After the emotional devastation of Luke leaving him behind, he just needs some peace. I like all those ideas, but I also like the idea that he is taking this time to get his bleep together. That he's taking time to organize all the data he's been collecting all these decades. All the memories, all the hollow recordings, all the data he's stolen from various ships, battle stations, cloud cities, all of the computers he's interfaced over the years... R2 apparently doesn't plug into a computer without saying, tell me everything, and then storing it. He's carrying a million thumb drives worth of data and memories in his rusty innards. And so, he goes into low power mode. It's basically like a human shutting themselves in a dark room and meditating for a few years. But eventually, R2 awakens, ready to rejoin the fight, ready to help find his old master and friend, Luke Skywalker. And now we know from J.J. Abrams that the idea behind R2's awakening in The Force Awakens was that BB-8 asks R2 if he has the rest of the map, and slowly but surely, R2 wakes up. He's got that info from downloading Imperial data, and the Empire had been looking for these Jedi temples as well, so he has that part of the map. It's the same part that the First Order already has, which they also got from old Imperial files. Now, when R2 realizes that BB-8 has the other half of the map to the temple, the one that's somehow been compiled or discovered by Lor Santeca, R2 awakens to complete the map. And maybe he's only able to access it now because of that long, restorative rest. So, long story short, I think Luke and R2 return to Leia and the Resistance. Luke disappears into the night. R2 gets depressed and powers down to run diagnostics and defrag himself, and then wakes up to save the day, as he so often does. Now, there's also the question that comes up of how Luke got to Octo without an astromech droid, since generally in Star Wars, ships need hyperdrives computers and or astromech droids to plot hyperspace coordinates. Now, I think there are a lot of fun answers to this one as well. In theory, Luke might have already known how to get to Octo. Although Han does say people believe he went looking for it. So maybe Luke had to track down the info or maybe he was close and just had to complete it. So Luke has the data in theory. Now it's possible that Luke, knowing he didn't want R2 on this journey, could have just grabbed another astromech. Maybe there's a random droid named R2-X7 hanging out with the caretakers on Octo, enjoying their dances. Now I don't think uh, Luke would drown a random astromech droid. So I'm just going to address that. I don't think he put a random astromech droid in his X-Wing, got some help from R2-X7, and then just drowned him in the sea with the X-Wing. I don't think Luke would do that, no matter uh, how bummed out he was. So I actually like the idea that Luke did not use an astromech droid. I think it's possible that Luke could have somehow hotwired the X-Wing to put the coordinates in himself. After all, he is a master mechanic, Anakin's son. And I think Luke is pretty familiar with how to operate an X-Wing. But my number one answer for this is just the Force. Luke is an extremely powerful Jedi Master in search of the first Jedi Temple, a place that is no doubt pulsing with the energy of the light side and the dark, I know this might not be for everyone because I know some fans really like the more technical and they like that when a, a rule is introduced that they like it to be followed through in a technical way. But for me, I like the cosmic side, the mystical side, the flowing organic side of Star Wars. So I really like the idea that it is incredibly difficult and even dangerous, but Luke could call upon the Force to guide himself through the dangers of hyperspace all the way to Octo. But again, that's just me. So that is uh, my main counseling. I think Luke returned with R2 after the destruction of the Jedi Temple, and then R2 eventually found his way back to Luke. And now R2 is with the Resistance, with Rey, another accomplished mechanic. Trained well from years of surviving as a scavenger on Jakku, and at the end of The Last Jedi, when the surviving members of the Resistance are gathered in the Millennium Falcon, I personally believe that r rolled up to Rey and bleeped and booped at her. There is one thing the Resistance needs to win this fight, r says. What's that? Rey asks. And r answers. Fix my effing rocket legs cue the heroic star wars theme as r2d2 blasts off in the first act of episode 9 the rise of skywalker and r2's rocket legs anyway maybe that will come true Maybe not. Thank you so much for the fun grievance, Jamie. I hope that helps or was at least fun to think through. If you have a grievance or deep dive question, send them to us on Twitter. Please use the hashtag Star Wars Counseling. That's counseling spelled with an S that makes it much easier for me to find them. And speaking of finding things, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, live comedy shows, my book, Comedy of Doom, all sorts of things all on my website at josephsgrimshot.com. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter as at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Center. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling.